Hello and welcome to this episode of Uncancelled and Unplugged, the podcast that gives you, the listener, the opportunity to hear the insights and experiences from speakers and experts and practitioners who were really expecting to be on a stage somewhere speaking to a live audience at this time. But obviously in the environment we're in right now, with all public events cancelled, uh, you're missing out on on hearing what they had to say. So uh, in today's episode, uh, we're joined by Pete Pombacci, who's the head of the Genwell Project, which is a not-for-profit based in Toronto, dedicated to uh, encouraging and facilitating social connection. Um, and uh, also joined by my daughter, Jessica. And I asked Jessica to join us today because she's from the hospitality industry. She's just come out of quarantine because a friend of hers had uh, tested positive. A uh, very sociable person, someone whose business is uh, is all around social connection. I think she has uh, an insight into that issue that's a bit different to mine. I'm uh, a more solitary soul, a bit of a misanthrope who's been working from home for 30 years. So I find myself sort of on occasion shrugging and thinking, yeah, what's what's all the fuss about? I haven't been outdoors for, for several weeks at a time. But anyway, um, so we're going to hear from Pete about the importance of social connection, the work that he was doing uh, prior to COVID-19, how that's changed uh, as a result and uh, and what we see is coming next. So uh, thank you for joining us, Pete. I appreciate the opportunity to chat with you uh, this morning. Um, can you begin maybe by just uh, sharing with us the import, you know, how you how you came about uh, establishing the Genwell project, the importance of social connection, and some of the activities that you've been engaged in in terms of encouraging that with uh, with people uh, prior to uh, prior to our current uh, current situation. Yeah, sounds great, John. And thanks again for the opportunity to be a part of this. Excited to share the message and also be part of your uh, new experience hosting a podcast, which is awesome. Um, the Genwell Project is a human connection movement. It was launched in 2016 in an effort to remind people about the importance of face-to-face social connection in leading happier and healthier lives, and most importantly, about uh, inspiring them to take uh, action by being a catalyst that a couple times a year gets them to step up and say, you know, you're right. I haven't been connecting lately. I do need the. Uh, I do need to get connected. Uh, the research about the importance of human connection is clearer than ever before, and not that uh, people didn't know it already or feel it, but the research has just validated that it's the single largest thing that makes us happy. That's the Harvard Grant and Gluck study. Uh, reduces anxiety and depression, increases empathy, compassion, resilience, strengthen our immune system and our self-confidence, and can increase our chances of living longer by up to 50%. But as we say when we're speaking to groups, we say, but isn't it crazy that none of us were ever educated on this? Because up until early 2000s, we didn't have to. We came home from school, there was 10 kids on the street. We came home from work, there was a neighbor parking his car, watering his lawn or cutting his grass. The reality is we all had more time, we all had more interest in connecting with our community because it was in front of us. It wasn't that we understood how important it was, it was actually that it just happened. Now we're in a world, the most fast-paced, distracted and pressure-filled world in history and the Genwell Project believes that we need to give people the catalyst, we need to give them the information because in any behavior change, I need to get you to know the information first so that I can actually then get you to believe it and then take action. And that's what we do with our two Genwell weekends a year when we want to be the catalyst that brings people together once in the spring, once in the fall, where we actually say on this weekend, make yourself available so that we can all stay connected and make the world a happier and healthier place one face-to-face conversation at a time. Because yeah. I think the other thing um, that, that struck me, and I, and I 
used to do a lot of work and yet we're putting on conferences on, on workplace mental health and you look at the work that bell bell have done um in terms of let's talk day and very much i think focused on reducing stigma around mental health and people are uh are way more prepared now and happy to talk about depression, anxiety, a, a range of issues like that. But loneliness um, still retains a, a very strong stigma. Do you, do you not? Do you not find? Oh, one hundred percent. And and we we don't think of ourselves as a mental health campaign. Uh, we think of ourselves as a human connection movement. We want to be the proactive action that yeah. people take in order to stay healthy. And certainly, you know, one of the one of the things that they encourage people to do who've been through a mental health crisis and frankly through a physical health crisis as well is to build those social networks that support you through the challenges that you're facing at the time. And you know, our bigger goal is to say to everybody, you know. Whether you are have battled a mental health issue, whether you've had a heart attack, uh, you're battling a chronic illness, the reality is we will all get through uh, the crises better if we have that community, and we will stay happier and healthier if we have that community before something challenging happens in our life, like a pandemic. Right. So can you maybe share a little bit about the kinds of things that you uh, facilitate and catalyze on these Genwell days? Well, it's an interesting... It's interesting that we don't actually, I, I jokingly say, we don't do anything. On our website, we have a list of the different things that people can take, uh, activities that people can do, whether you're uh, a student, whether you're a family, whether you're a business, whether you're living in a condominium or you're living in a community, whatever the case may be. The reality is the, re the research suggests that the relationships that will give you the greatest health benefits are not me taking you with a million people up to see you too at a big park somewhere it's actually the people that are closest to you and that's why we we call out friends family neighbors and colleagues because those are the people that you're most likely to build that ongoing healthy connection with and so what we often do in that fast-paced busy world that we're in is we actually overlook the people that are right beside us whether that's the person in the cubicle beside you whether that's your family member that you haven't made the time to sit down and play crazy eights with or maybe it's a friend or you know somebody in your community that you've been meaning to reach out to like a neighbor uh, i'll use the numbers in canada 50 percent of us don't know our next door neighbor's name and only 34 percent of us believe we have a relationship where we could actually ask our neighbor for some help in a time like this and so the reality is we don't host any events our goal is to catalyze people around making the time giving them the permission and creating the event that allow them to say you know what this weekend i really should go out and talk to my neighbor or call up my extended family and have a barbecue or even sit down with my own family over a candlelit uh, dinner and actually make the time to connect face-to-face. -face. Well, it, it's interesting. I mean, and in some ways, that's a sort of a, a side effect of the, the technology that we all use now. I'm just thinking about my own experience. So, so for instance, last week, I connected with a fellow in Australia uh, who I worked with for about a six-month period, actually when Jessica was a little baby in, in, in the UK. And he's now uh, uh, run, involved in green construction in, in Australia. Because with the technology we have, he is as near to me as my next door neighbor. He's, he's as accessible. But really, I should be putting my effort more into connecting with the people who are closer to me physically, because those are the relationships that are actually going to deliver the, the kind of emotional and mental value, right? Actually, I would say it's both. 
And what I will say by both is that in a time of crisis, as you know, the original inspiration for the Genwell project was the summer blackout of 2003, because in a time of crisis, your friend in Australia won't be there for you to get you your toilet paper or to get your food or to get you your drink or whatever it is that you're in need of. But the emotional support, what we talk about is how digital technology is a great supplement to face-to-face human interaction. You had a relationship with that gentleman. Did you at some point have a face-to-face relationship with that gentleman? Oh yeah, well, he, he, uh, he worked, but he, he was, I was sort of mentoring him for a, a short period. It was complicated, but that was essentially it, yes. Yeah, and that would be our point, which is, hey, digital technology, there are going to be times in our lives when we just, whether it's due to geography, busy schedules, whatever the case may be, we may not be able to find the time to connect face-to-face, but digital technology cannot replace human interaction. I know before we get on the on the chat today, we were talking about the importance of the, the difference between digital and face-to-face. And face-to-face, whether it's a, a hug, a kiss, a fist bump, an elbow bump, whatever the case may be, those emotional connections, the seeing of tears and gut laughs and gut-wrenching laughs, whatever the case may be, those emotional connections are much more meaningful in person. And so right now, digital is what we have for the most part. Yes, we can do social distancing and that's our physical distancing and that's something we should be incorporating into our daily lives. But in the meantime, use digital technology for one of the beautiful things that it provided all of us, the opportunity to connect with people around the world to stay in touch until that next time we were able to get connected face to face. So the Genwell project was, as you say, was born of crisis, the, uh, the, uh, the power outage um, that we had uh, all down the eastern seaboard. So how, uh, you know, and I think you've touched on it there, that, that sort of focusing on the digital, obviously, but what kinds of things are you, I mean, one of the things I'm certainly seeing is is a lot more conversation about social connection all of a sudden because we can't physically be with people it suddenly alerted people to the to the value of, of social connection and 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 the need for it so how is your message changing what are you doing differently in response to the situation that we're in we're in now yeah it is pretty funny for four years we tried to put our hand up and say hey we all need to be thinking about this spend more time face to face and now i think the consciousness has been raised uh 50 fold in a matter of two weeks that people are recognizing what it's like to be at home disconnected you know whether you were at a workplace and you had the water cooler to connect around or the lunchroom to come together with people a lot of those things that we took for granted i i play hockey three times a week and i've had people from each one of those groups of hockey teams reach out and say how much they now appreciate and miss the opportunity to connect with their friends on those hockey occasions. You know, all of these things go to remind us about the importance of face-to-face social connection, which is our predominant message. And our goal now is to help people support them with those supplemental relationships through digital technology so that we can all come back together at the end of this crisis and actually celebrate what we now recognize that we miss, which is the opportunity to sit side by side face to face, you know, back to back, whatever the situation is and celebrate the relationships that help us and support us through the ups and downs that we all will go through through our lives. So I wonder, Jessica, just like you to weigh in here, um, as I mentioned up front, uh, my daughter's just coming out of uh, a quarantine period caused by um, uh, the fact that one of her one of her friends was uh, was diagnosed. 
Um, and I certainly hope he's, uh, he's doing okay, Jess. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think, I think one of the, and Jessica's been working as a, at a bar out, particularly out in the island as well. And I think one of the things I'd say is all of a sudden the sort of increased recognition, Jess, that, that, um, you, 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 you know, three weeks ago, you're serving drinks. Now you're in the human connection business, right? Um, that, that there's a renewed, like, as Pete says, a renewed sort of sense of the value of, of the kind of work you're doing in terms of just creating social bonds between people. Um, now I can't imagine it's been easy for you being in, in quarantine. Can you, can you talk a little bit about the experience and, and that shift from being in a very social environment to being in a very isolated um, situation and how you coped with that? Uh, yeah, it was hard uh, to start, obviously. Um, I basically just try to keep myself busy. Uh, I always, you know, everything I did was either going to meet somebody or going to work. I didn't spend much time at home uh, before this. So basically just learning, like getting in the habit of, I started journaling and stuff like that, just things to pass the time. Um, I am lucky that a lot of my friends uh, do FaceTime me and stuff like that. Uh, so I probably spend like two or three hours a day on the phone, um, which is nice. I'm very lucky that uh, my friends are comfortable doing that because I know a lot of people uh, don't necessarily like being on the phone. Um, I don't have that problem. So I'm lucky in that sense. Uh, but it's been hard not having that physical contact because I realized I'm very um, a- an affectionate person. Um and I'm always, I guess it was kind of weird because I do, even the six feet, I don't know why I always stand so close to people when I talk to them. Um, but I do, I realize that. <laughs> so I just like being close to people and around people. So that's been kind of hard for me, um, not having that, for sure. So Pete, you have any, any uh, she's coming out of quarantine now, but any advice with Jess there or? Well, hey, I think she's done a lot of the right things, and certainly there's so much information on the internet right now, the steps you can take. Even uh, astronaut Chris Hadfield had some, you know, suggestions for people, and I think you you did a lot of them, Jess, which is, you know, keep yourself busy, certainly have a plan, you know, make sure you have some steps to the to-dos on how to accomplish the plan you had in mind, and then, and I think the one of the one of his big messages was making sure that we get enough sleep. And so, you know, making sure that we're getting up in the day, we have a, a, an idea of what we want to accomplish in your day. And if you don't get it done, don't beat yourself up. But whether it's your mental health or physical health and doing activities that support those, whether it's connecting digitally or with physical distancing and, you know, the opportunity, I'm taking the happiness course uh, out of Yale right now um, with from, uh, from Dr. Lori Santos and, you know, chase your dreams, you know, learn to play guitar, pick up those skills that you've always, you know, what have we said for the last 10 years? If only I had the time to do X, Y, or Z. Well, I think we've all been pretty much given the time. So find the things that make you truly happy. What are the things that you wake up every day going, I can't wait till I spend another hour doing that and maybe chase some of those dreams as well. So, so just did you find you, you found it hard to um, you didn't find it hard to remain connected with 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 folk, right? In terms of the FaceTime and stuff like that, yeah, that was fairly no. easy, right? Yeah, uh, it's easy to have a phone call, but it's it wasn't um, it's not really the same, you know. Uh, I, 
And you mentioned, you know, when we were talking earlier about uh, a friend who had lost a family member, and mm-hmm. can you maybe share what that was like and experiencing mm-hmm. that in, in this environment? Yes. Yeah, so my best friend, um, her grandmother passed away. She's actually, um, it's quite unfortunate. She lost both her grandparents within the month. So um, I, uh, her name is Emery. So the, her first grandmother passed away and um, I was there. She asked me to go to, I couldn't make it to the funeral, but she had asked me to go to the visitation just to support her. I had never met her grandmother before, unfortunately, but uh, so I went, um, I was there with her family at the visitation. I stayed, you know, the whole time and just there, if she wanted, I kind of like kept to myself, but if she wanted a little break, I was there for her. Um, and then her, uh, second grandmother, her dad's, uh, mother passed away, um, uh, maybe a week ago today. Um, and I wasn't able to not only, I couldn't be there for her. Right. And my instinct was to hug her. We talked on the phone. And she even said, she was like, I just wish that you could give me a hug. And I felt the same way. That's really all that I felt I could do um, to be there for her. And I wasn't able to do that. I mean, the phone call just, you know, I mean, I'm sure it comforted her a bit, but it wasn't the same as being able to be there and give her a hug. And I felt like I really wanted to do that, you know. So, so Pete, there are there are moments like these and um, you do, um, you know, do, Pass on my my love, to, my love and concern to and uh, Emery, uh, Jess, please. Because yeah. um, no, we we dropped uh, you and her off at the uh, the, the funeral first, yeah. uh, uh, first one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are these moments like these where where that connection is. Um, you, you know, our, our urge, you know, our instinct is to gather, to touch, to hug, to console, and there are those are the kinds of things which are not happening now. Um, now, digital can't replace those, can it? I mean, we, we, we do our best, but but what's the uh, um, you know, do you have anything sort of comments around around that? Well, you know, I'm still feeling a need to take a deep breath because as uh, as Jess was talking about Emery, I almost got emotional there just listening to her need to want to hold and be there for a friend. And I think your point is is spot on john that you know digital connection cannot replace these things and that's what makes times like this so challenging and why i think the awareness and the consciousness of society is being raised right now is not only uh in situations like jess has described with her friend emery and her grandparents but i mean you know that's a great example we go through things like pandemics where we're all we're all going through it together but people are living through their own crises each and every day behind the four walls of their house, whether it's a death, whether it's financial, whether it's divorce, whether it's illness, whatever the case may be. And I hope the raised consciousness that we get out of this pandemic is the opportunity to recognize that life is not easy. You know, we talk about reducing stigma with this campaign. And a couple of people have said, like, what's the stigma that you're reducing? Is it mental health? And they said, no, it's called life. You know, it's called life stigma. Life stigma that everything isn't perfect and that we all struggle. And this is the challenge when we've got the the human highlight reels being posted on social media every day, and yet we're all still, still living the reality of life that grandparents do pass away. It makes us all recognize, hey, that hug that Jess gives to her friend Emery is life-changing. It's, it's hope. It's caring. It's empathy. 
It's the things that we need more of in our society and that we'd gotten away from for the last, you know, I'll say two decades, uh, but maybe even longer. We built this individualistic society that was all about what's in it for me and not about what can we do to help each other. And I think, you know, listening to Jessica talk about that hug uh, was very powerful. And so I don't think there is any solution right now other than find the time to do physical distancing, still talk to people, get on digital, do what you can. And then as a country and as a world, I hope that with your support, my support, Jessica's support, and anybody who listens to this, and I don't think this is rocket science by any means, when this is all over, Let's come together for the biggest group hug we could ever have imagined. And let's connect with the people who we can finally get together with face to face and say, hey, John, Jess, I really appreciate you guys. And can I have a hug? Because I've missed it for the last whatever period of time. That, my friend, will be uh, that will be a game changer in the world for me. Yeah, and I think, and, and, and we can certainly, uh, you know, I, I, I hope with all my heart that that, that that that's the case. And there are certainly signs, I think, that you see in terms of the kinds of support that people are giving to first responders and uh, and the healthcare uh, professionals, and also those sort of community things that are going on, the singing from the balconies and stuff. I, I do think this grief thing is, is is very important. We're going to be having uh, the later uh, episode uh, a couple of folk in who who specialise in in grief because it's something that. Um, I think it's not. Um, it is an emotion which I think can lead to isolation and loneliness. It is something also that carries with it uh, um, a certain stigma, a certain reluctance to talk about it. Uh, but it's also something which a lot of us are going to experience in one way or another, and not just um, you know the uh, maybe losing direct family members and friends, but also losing jobs, losing status, um, losing all, all sorts of things. Um, so I do think that's something we want to want to dig a bit a bit further. Um, before we wrap up here, um, you know, um, Jess, what are you what are you looking forward to most when this is all over? What's your what's what's your plan for a uh, uh, a way of reconnecting with 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 folk in in your life? Um, well, I'm lucky. I'm excited to go back to work because my profession, obviously, I assume it'll you know everyone's gonna want to go to the bar um and i'm excited <laughs> like i miss you know i'm excited for it to be busy um but really i just i can't wait to hug my friends and it's gonna be like for example emory we text all the time and um very often like even uh regardless of her grandmother's passing and just we just say like i wish i could give you a hug and it is gonna be like i'm so excited it's a little embarrassing, but I picture us like running towards each other on the street and just embracing, which is like, it makes me really happy to think about. It sucks that I can't do it right now, but it is going to make it that much more special. Um, and yeah, I'm just excited to have that physical connection again and also just to be around her and yeah, or anyone, see, yeah, all my friends. Yeah, you see, <laughs> see, see my images of walking out the front door, looking around and going, where did all these people come from? <laughs> yeah. I'm also um, but, excited so to see you, Dad, and give the you a difference between, uh, Yeah, what about seeing your dad? What about yeah. getting excited about that? That's, I am that's something, excited. That's something to uh, to look forward to. And I think, just because I think, and, and I'll give you a moment in a minute, uh, Pete, but I think one of the things this has highlighted is is the role that work plays in terms of the social, our social health. Um, and, you know, that's something which I know, you know, we've had some back and forth, Pete, uh, over, over the last few months. You know, I, I do a lot of work in workplace culture, and, you know, culture tends to be about, you know, 
your values, how we do things around here, you know, what goes, what, what people do when the boss isn't looking, all those sorts of things, you know. Um, and what isn't taught, or hasn't been talked about to now is that actually workplaces are communities. And what defines a workplace is as much the is, is as much the community in the sense of the connections between people as it is the, uh, the, the those other sort of typical things in culture. So, so Pete, what's your what, what are your what's your what's your what's your image? What's your plan in, in uh, when when this is over? Well, I think I'm going to keep the image of Jessica running down the street to hug Emery <laughs> as my my sign of hope. Uh, for what's with, going with to wind in her hair, probably. yeah, exactly. Um, so I think you know, to me, that that's the same image I have, and it may be a different scenario with different people. It may be our community coming together on the street to hug and high five and share a share a beverage of some sort. Um, you know, I, I do uh, look forward to this opportunity when it comes to gather, you know, friends, family, neighbors, and colleagues. Because to your point, John, when we go back to work, we'll appreciate the people that we spend eight to 10 hours a day with. We'll appreciate our neighbors. We'll appreciate our families, our extended families. We'll ex appreciate our friends. Because I see people reaching out digitally to people that they hadn't talked to in a year or two years now. And it's like, wow, what what has this done to be a catalyst to get us to do these things? So I think... The, the increased awareness and consciousness is truly amazing. And the one thing I will throw in there just before we go is, you know, don't forget about the 28% of people in this country who live alone. So not only have they been taken away from the coffee machine and the water cooler at their office, if that was their situation, but, uh, and I have spoken to a few of them who are now at home, isolated, consider themselves social people, but aren't getting that opportunity to connect. And for them, it may even be a, a, a greater uh, a greater challenge. So I think for all of us, it's recognizing the little difference we can make by reaching out to a couple more people every day. Who's on that list that you've been meaning to reach out to? Reach out, say hello. And then when we get together at the end of this, we'll have a big celebration and, and give out a lot of Jessica hugs to, uh, <laughs> to everyone we can we can find. Okay. Um, just quickly before we go, Pete, you, you have a Gen World Day coming up. It's not going to be quite the same as previous ones. Where, when is that and how can people find out about it? it it's uh, May 1st, 2nd, 3rd. It's Gen World Weekend. And uh, our aspiration is to get everybody to take a little extra action in getting connected with that one more person on their list of people that they've meaning, been meaning to get connected with. Head over to Gen World Project. They can start registering their intention to get connected the second week of March and our uh, the second yeah uh, no second week of April sorry and that is a free to do registration there's lots of tips tools uh, posters uh, digital invites suggestions all on our website and our goal is to make the world a happier and healthier place especially at a time like this by getting people connected face to face even if in the meantime it means by doing it digitally so uh, thanks for the opportunity to share that John. Okay. Well, thank you, Pete, for all the work you do and for, for giving up some of your time today to chat. And thank you, Jessica, for, uh, for coming out for your, for your, for your old man and uh, for sharing uh, your own stories so, uh, so eloquently. I really, really appreciate it. So we'll, we'll meet face-to-face uh, -face in the flesh someday soon, I hope. Okay? We, should go to, we should go to Jessica's bar and raise a glass when this yeah. is all done. Absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> okay. You take care, folks. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. Thank you, guys. Thank you.